ALG really saved me. I put all of my success on joining this group. People constantly checking in saved me. I made so many like friends with people that I've never met, but I feel incredibly close to and, and I consider them family. It really is a family. It is a place where you can just be yourself and there is no judgment. There is no shame. You are so welcome there. Nobody has to be in this alone. Everybody is either going through or has gone through the same thing at one point. Let's do this. Welcome back to the ALG podcast. I appreciate you all making some time today to listen to us real quick at the top of the hour. I just asked if you please could leave us a five-star rate and review. We are reading all those reviews and we really appreciate it. It helps the podcast expand. So if you could please do that, we really appreciate it. As always, I am John Arpino, otherwise known as JRP's Journey. Alongside me is my partner in crime, David Roden, otherwise known as Fit underscore D-Rock. David, what's going on, brother? It is a phenomenal Sunday, feeling super grateful today. And uh, if you're watching this early on, I know you're still listening because I know where our numbers are at. Three things you're grateful for if you're, watching, if you're listening to this right now and if you're on YouTube, comment below what those are because that is the key to health and the mental side of things. So there you go. Hell yes. And today we have a very special guest. Today we are joined by RNY Keto Guy, Jess. What's going on, Jess? going on guys pleasure to be here with you guys man it's a pleasure it. to have you brother so jess we have a lot to talk about today um and before we really get on to the nitty-gritty why don't you share with everybody your total weight loss and then we'll get into uh the rest of your story sure absolutely uh so highest ever recorded weight and obviously i could have been you know uh more than this but um highest ever recorded weight on a scale was 581 pounds and uh, I lost over 200, about 235, 240 pounds, gained a little bit back, but back on the, on the game now. And uh, I've lost uh, 64 pounds of the 90 that I had gained from my lowest weight. So I got down to like 346. So that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Hey, man, it's, 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 a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, you know? Absolutely. So you have gone through this journey a couple of different ways, right? So That's what I'm so you, fascinated about. You had uh, you had RNY, right? Which we'll, which we'll get into. I did. And having the RNY, you've kind of taken the keto approach. Is that right? Yeah, and keto, you know, has only been as recent as of the end of November okay. of this year. Okay. Or, uh, of 2020, sorry. And before that, um, you know, I dabbled in any and every diet that you can probably imagine. And the only, the reason why I say that and why keto seems to stick is the one thing that seemed to work the best for me was always no sugar, no grains. However, when, you know, I, I, I have a couple friends in the, in the keto, you know, type, uh, community, um, I would say took me under their wing, showed me the ropes, gave me the information that I needed so that I could do my homework and run with it. And I think that's why for keto is a lot similar to no sugar, no grains. Um, so, and, and with the keto world and everything that's adapted and, and, and you have all of this plethora of just information and everything and, and ideas, I think that's keto has made it fun for me. That's right. why I've, you know, ch chosen that path and it works. So. Cool. So, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, David. I was, I was literally going to say, all right, back, backdrop. I want to know the, the story that led up to all this yeah, is where I, was going. where I was going. Perfect. Yeah. We're, we're only, we're, we're only co-hosts. We <laughs> <laughs> so fill us in Jess, kind of sure, walk us sure. into, I was, I was 406 pounds by the time I was three months old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. I was I was a big baby. I was like a ten pound baby. So Jesus, <laughs> put my mom through some pack. <laughs> um, no. So I've been obese ever since probably the age of uh, six years old. Um, there's okay. pictures. There's pictures of me when I was a kid of eating um, a whole loaf of you know French or Italian you know bread. Just you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would stem from just kind of, you know, 
I would balloon up, balloon up all through my childhood. Um, if I wasn't, I think sports is probably, you know, I was very, you know, big time into, you know, baseball. Baseball was my life when I was a kid. And, um, you know, playing, you know, organized, you know, somewhat, if you want to call it travel baseball, whatever, um, that really, uh, if I wasn't doing that, I was probably putting food into my mouth. Right. So, um, and that, that's just my memory and going back into the day, you know, going into junior high, still big, probably 270, 280 in junior high, high school, um, you know, probably in the 300s. And then in my adult life, it was the hardest thing to ever tell someone that I wasn't either 400 or 500 pounds. Right. So, you know, um, so question for you, um, off of food itself, because obviously you said like eating this loaf of bread when you were a kid, all and that kind of, as you look back on it now, what was food to you? Um, and like, why were you, do, do you have any inclination of where it came from? Like for me, mine was just lack of accountability. I just was never told no. And I just did it. It, it wasn't, it wasn't a stress yeah. thing for me. It wasn't it. it. I just enjoyed eating food. So what was it for you? And so, some, I mean, I've, David, I've, I've battled this question like you wouldn't believe as far as trying to figure out what the triggers were, you know, when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I, grew, I grew up in a great home. My parents, you know, together married until, you know, my dad passed away. Um, you know, so I, I was in a loving home. Mm -hmm. and, when, and when I say loving home, when there was food that was put on the table, if I wanted seconds, if I wanted thirds, I was never told, right. oh, no, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and the types of foods that we ate was, you know, the fried foods, the, all, everything that you can imagine that was bad and the quick type foods. Right. So quick foods usually mean that you're not spending a whole lot of time preparing that meal. It's going to be the bad type of stuff. Um, and, and that just was, that was just how I grew up. So I, and was it the same with your family too, then your parents, like were your parents were overweight as well? Absolutely. Okay. So, so it just, it was just a standard thing. It wasn't. Yeah. The only one that wasn't, and if you want to look at back then to where, where it is now, my brother was probably the only one that was a little bit more leaned out than anyone else in our family. But if you look at what the numbers would state today, he would still have been obese, even, you know, gotcha. then, but a different type of, you know, um, but nowhere near like what I was or, you know, my mom was overweight. My dad, my dad was overweight. Yeah. Right. No, and, and that's the whole thing. I think it's so important. What you were doing right there is so key because this is the biggest misconception I always poke at people with is like, it, just because you're obese as a child and you ate a bunch doesn't mean there was some catastrophic event that uncle John did something bad. Like, no, like some people, it's just, I, that was the standard of practice within my family. Yep. Right. Yeah. yeah so what was so what was that turning point for you? So you know, I mean, I would go through this all through you know, like I said, junior high, high school, adult life. Uh, in January, you know, I'd get, you know, I I'd get married. I would have you know two beautiful girls. Um, you know, so in January of 2017, um, I found found myself you know at my breaking you know just rock bottom. Uh, I had put myself in the hospital with ulcers on, you know, both of my legs. Hmm. Um, you know, and I was always that person that, you know, okay, I'm, I'm overweight, I'm obese, but I'm immortal. That's how I right. felt. Yep. That is exactly how I felt. And it wasn't until, you know, don't get me wrong that I did not want to ever lose the weight. I mean, I had tried so many times with so many different things. And, um, at that point in time, you know, being in the hospital with the ulcers on both my legs, my weight had, I had never really in my eyes, let my weight get bigger than what I could, what I thought I could control. Okay. But with the ulcers on my legs, that was a sign that my body was deteriorating. I mean, mm -hmm. there was holes in my legs. You know what I mean? That was the most scariest thing that, you know, that I could do. I mean, I never had like, you know, where I thought I was having a heart attack or any of those types of things leading up to that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but that was just too scary enough for me that I could not control. And while I was in the hospital, 
the doctor that was on staff at that time, you know, he, he goes, you know, do you, do you know about uh, our, you know, weight loss surgery program? And I was like, no. And I kind of shrugged it off a little bit because I had looked into weight loss surgery previously in the past, more so doing like the lap band procedure. And I had gone through local hospital here and their program and everything, but I always had this mental thing of, you know, the stigma that gets put around weight loss surgery of there's individuals out there that will say, oh yeah, that's the easy, right. you know, that's the easy way out. Yep. Whatever the case may be for me. And I kind of had a little bit of that, of that thinking myself and, you know, because I didn't have the education. I didn't have the knowledge, you know, behind it. And, you know, so I kind of went through that program. And then when I was, you know, about to go through with lap band, I had pulled out mainly because I had lost my job at the time that gave me the insurance to get there. And mm -hmm. then it turned into, well, now I don't have the insurance. So that kind of ruined that. I don't want to say ruin it just, you know, at that point, the timing wasn't right, I guess. Mm -hmm. Right. So going through this and him saying that I would, kind of do my research, go through with this program. I took my wife with me to the um, orientation for the hospital's program. We both listened to it. I was both gun ho and I was like, you know what? I have to do something drastic right now because of the situation that I'm in. It's not just about me. It's about three other people that I have mm -hmm. to you know, be here for and support. So I would go through it. Not only did I go through it, but something that's important and I like to share too is my wife you know, went through it too. And she, so this was, you know, like me going through the weight loss surgery. I had ruined why she had VSG and she actually got hers done a month before, you know, I did. Okay. So, um, and it just was timing and that that's how it worked out. So the greatest thing of support and connect in that is that my wife and I were able to go through a lot of that together at the, at the same time. So let me ask you something. Why did why the R and Y and why not VSG? Why were you why did you lean more towards the R and Y? Um, it wasn't necessarily what I um my uh choice in it. I a lot of it was, but I I put my faith into the surgeon and what they thought, you know, what he thought was you know best for me. Um and don't have any pre-existing conditions with, you know, diabetes or anything like that. Really? But, yeah. So no, no diabetes, no high blood pressure, no sleep apnea. Uh, high, high blood pressure. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, but diabetes, no. And that's a big thing for like the ruin why, but because I guess their thought was with my body structure and how massive, you know, I was that ruin why was the better route to go than VSG at that point. In time. So for those listening, why don't you tell us the difference between VSG and the RNY? So VSG is where if you want to take basically picture your stomach and cutting out a portion of your stomach and then the remaining part is almost like the shape of a banana. Mm -hmm. um, and you still have everything intact as far as an even flow through, you know, from, you know, through the mouth to your, uh, you know, digestive tract all the way down. Right. And the portion that they cut out of your stomach with BSG, they threw a little hole in your stomach. They rip, they rip it out. Mm -hmm. it's, it's gone. It's gone from you never to be there again with ruin. Why they cut your stomach even smaller to almost the size of a little, you know, about the size of a, of a hard boiled egg. And the remaining part of your stomach stays intact. And then they take your uh, small, your intestines and they actually reroute that so that, and what happens with that is you don't get as much, you know, of the nutritional value in some of your food. So you really have to be uh, big on, you know, um, your, your vitamins and supplements and that type of thing for like almost, you know, pretty much the rest of your life. I mean, it's not, you know, because of that absorption that you're going to get, you have to be in tune mm -hmm. with it all. Mm -hmm. So, um, but that's kind of the two major differences. And I, I love the fact that, you know, um, I've been able to have knowledge and experience with both because, you know, my wife went through one and then I went through, you know, the other, mm -hmm. you know, the other. Right. 
So how how is it different for the both of you? Like as um, far as lifestyle and the eating goes, like what was their big differences of like what you were able to eat, what she was able to eat, or the amount of food each of you were able to eat? Um, yes, for the most part. Um, I mean, in the very beginning of it all, I mean, we were pretty much the same as far as, you know, amounts of food and that type of thing. Um, I think, you know, uh, as far as like where, where we are as, as we progress and went through it, mm -hmm. um, I could find myself obviously, you know, eating more as more months got, you know, got, got put on, um, I think this it, it, same would go for her too. And, you know, every once in a while we still have, you know, where your eyes are always going to be bigger than what your, of course. You know, your stomach is. And now that's like literally, you know, <laughs> a true case. Um, but uh, we not, her and I don't always like and agree on the same types of foods. Mm -hmm. And we've tried our best, like even going out to dinner instead of buying two different meals, trying to share, share a meal, mm -hmm. a cutting down on the cost, but using our tools and what was provided to us as, you know, a way to like maybe only do the one meal and split it. Right. Um, but we are very, very different on the spectrum of different foods that, that we like. So, yep. um, okay. So what, so what was it like for you when you, when you first hit that like hundred pound weight loss goal? So and how long did that take? Believe it or not. And this is a crazy, crazy thing with, with my story is, I was 581 pounds. The surgeon told me that I was high factor, high risk. So they would not operate on me until I lost and was under 500 pounds. So okay. that was, I mean, that almost derailed me right there because it's like, you know, I'm coming to you guys for this you know, surgery. Yep. And now you're telling me that I got to lose. I already got to lose almost a hundred pounds, you know, just, just to, get the surgery, know, get, yeah. get the surgery. But I was so determined that I was like, all right, man, I'm, I'm going to do this. So I ended up losing almost like 95 pounds and getting, you know, just below the, you know, the 500 pound mark for them to have. And that would spark up even internally, like in, in my immediate family, some questions of, well, if you know, you can do that, how come you just, yes. you know, how come you just don't stick with that and what you're doing and not go through the surgery? My rebuttal and my answer to that was you guys, you guys know me like so well that I'm surprised you're asking this question because I can count on both of my hands, the amount of times that I've gone through and I've lost close to hundred pounds and then gained it back close to hundred pounds and gained it back. I was looking for that one tool that put me over the hump. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time in my life, being, you know, close to 581 pounds when I started, the whole mind thing with me, because I could never remember being able to tell someone that I was, let alone in the 400s for the longest time, but in the 300s. So my thing was, is when, as soon as I can hit 399 at any point in time, whether it's the surgery, whatever, I know that I've gotten over that, that hurdle or that hump of, of being a, like that to me was like some small, the first goal, excuse me, but small level of success for me at that point, it yep. was that it was, it was that milestone marker that told me, you, all right, man, you're doing this. This is happening now. Right. So how did you go about losing that initial 81 pounds? So you could get the surgery. I did the note at that time. I didn't really have, the knowledge of keto, I was doing the no sugar, no grains. So I cut out all, you know, pastas, you know, I mean, anything, you know, all, you know, types of, you know, sh sugars. Mm -hmm. I mean, which was probably putting me into even ketosis at that. Point. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, not knowing that I was even, you know, by accident, you know, so. Um, right. So I got to. What's that? Keep going. Keep going. So that's why I just knew that you know, knowing that I did so well on that beforehand. And then obviously the tool gave me that extra set of, you know, uh, motion, but now, and today I know that it's three, you know, three, what, four, 2017 to 2021, almost four years or whatever. The magic of this tool is gone now. And now it's all, you know, yep. 
it's right. all it's all me. It's so all how has that how has that hit, impacted your life and how has that impacted your mindset? Uh, well, I would say the first go around and even having the tool and everything, um, I think I took some things for granted and, um, you know, I just thought that it's, it's mixed emotions with it. I want to say that I was smarter and not as gullible, but I think, I mean, I thought this weight loss surgery really, I mean, I knew that I was going to have to do the work. Don't get me wrong. But I really did think that I would be so much further along than where I was with that, with the surgery. And the fact of the matter is that you still have to work your ass off to, you know, right. get to, to get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the f- first time around is I didn't necessarily, I had the tool, I had the, the, the surgery done tried to be the best I could be in the right, you know, mindset, you know, but I don't think that I gave myself that true, uh, um, fixing what was above the shoulders, right. Mm-hmm. Swinging to this time around and what I'm doing now is I'm focusing on more smaller type goals and type situations to be more successful this time around, get myself, right in the mindset of, you know, how I view things now, as opposed to the way that I did it before. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, when I had gained, you know, like 90 pounds back of the total amount that I had lost, you know, after having the weight loss surgery. Um, and it, and it's, it scared me because it put me over that 400 marker again. I mean, no, hundred percent. I had went back up to 440 pounds and I stopped one day cold Turkey. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this keto thing. And then my first, you know, thought was I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm giving myself, I'm giving just a full year of commitment to myself and then reevaluating and seeing where I'm at. And if I have to tweak and adjust, that's fine, but I'm going to figure out, I'm going to figure out what has weight loss surgery done to, you know, uh, my metabolism and where I'm at with that. Am I overeating? Am I undereating? as I'm adding exercise in and getting and, and, and changing things, mind ways where, you know, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Type that's, a, that's a very important type one type situations where I never really did that, you know, before, you know? Right. Um, so that, that's, a, that was a big, you know, hurdle and obstacle that I had, I had to, you know, uh, overcome. Am I still learning and doing that in my everyday process now? Oh, 100%. But I think just the way that I look at things now is a lot different than I did, you know, three years ago when I first had had my surgery. And now it's all about fixing what's, you know, what's above the shoulders. Right. Um, because with without that, without that, I'm not going to get anywhere. No, and, and actually one of the things that uh, there's two different angles I want to go at. Number one, um, you were saying how you were checking metabolism. I, you, you had a you had your BMR done. I did. You did. So you had like your, you, you sat in a chair and they, they put your mouth over this and they, they check your CO2 and inhale and exhale. And it basically tests your basal metabolic rate of how many calories you burn at rest in a day. And oh, what was yours? Mine was 2088. 28. And see, that's not, I know you're really fearful of having destroyed your metabolism. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and 2088, I mean, it wasn't not as terrible. horrible as what I thought going in. No. I was going to be like, you know, this thing's going to tell me, come shoot. 800. Something like that. Yeah. You know, it does, it does happen obviously, but it is, it, the, the destruction of your metabolism is so over dramatized today. Cause it's like, again, it, it's like a population. It does happen. Like, don't get me wrong, but Nine times out of ten, everyone that thinks they destroy their metabolism, it's, I feel like it's just, very hard to do that. <laughs> it, it really, it really is. And like, I, it's, it's the the new day and age we live in is all right. Look, where's the where's the next pole that we need to? Where's the next field goal that you're aiming for? Of like, oh, well, I don't want to do that. Right. And like, it's it is interesting. It does happen, but it is it, it doesn't happen as much as you think. But I will tell you this: for anyone that's thinking about or in the middle of and having struggles and having those types of situations, I would recommend going and having one of those. hundred percent. 100%. My favorite thing to do is anything that breaks down mysticism. Like I like anything, like counting your calories, weighing out your, 
this is going to be some of your some uh some nutritionists are going to say this is a, a dangerous slope to eating disorders but counting out your calories weighing out your food to start to knowing exactly what you're actually putting in your body is so flipping important do you have to do it forever no, no. but if you're four five six hundred pounds you have no idea what a thousand calories looks like. You have no idea what 2000 calories looks like. And until you actually break down the mysticism of what it actually looks like, you have no idea. Well, I feel like I'm eating healthy. Well, actually, Sally, you're eating 6,000 calories. Oh, I, I didn't know. Exactly. And then that, that is, that's empowering. Same thing with the basal metabolic rate. Like you, you, you get that. You're so fearful. You're destroying your metabolism. You get it done. And I was like, oh, okay. That's, that that's it. not bad, <laughs> but no, I, I completely agree of breaking down the mysticism of it. And the other, the other question I had for you, this is actually what we were talking about beforehand. Cause I knew, I knew a little bit of it. Um, walk us through, cause you have some experience within like the extreme weight loss entertainment space. Um, walk us through that experience when it comes to extreme weight loss with your thoughts on, um, biggest loser, stuff like that. What, what was your experience with that? Yeah. So, you know, I had a lot of friends and everything, you know, being as big as I was, they, they pushed me of, you know, they would tell me, man, why don't you go and try and apply for biggest loser? You'd be great. You'd be great. You know, personality wise, just to, you know, be on the show in front of the camp or whatever. Um, I didn't, I didn't believe in biggest loser. Um, right. There's some different, you know, obviously, um, I didn't, I do not believe in the being paid to lose weight type scenario. Totally I, get that. Yeah. I, I, I think that totally that's not fixing what's above the shoulders. You know what I mean? Um, so when extreme makeover weight loss edition with, you know, Chris, Chris Powell, the trainer, um, when that show hit and I watched season one, and as an adult man watching this and bringing back so many different, you know, memories, bawling my eyes out to different episodes because I could relate with, you know, these people's stories so much so that I would embark on trying to, you know, be on that show. Um, and the reason why I think I gravitated so much to that show is there was a gentleman when I was younger, about eight, nine years old here at in the, you know, my state of Michigan here locally that, um, you know, he had, it was like 700 something pounds lost over, you know, four or 500 pounds, whatever it may be at that point in time, even back then. Now this is back in what the, the late, you know, eighties. Um, he would be recognized in, you know, the newspaper and everything. I would see this article. I would go to my parents and I would say, I want, I, I want help from this because he wanted what he was doing was is he was putting on a program for for kids uh for him to mentor and just try to help them along you know in their weight loss i would go to these you know uh we would talk sports and it was co-ed it was male you know female you know just people that i didn't have to explain myself to other other kids that just knew i mean we were all together and we all were successful every single one of us on this thing we were on uh, you know, there's a local uh, uh, show back in the day. Um, David, you may remember this, you know, Kelly and Company. So, um, you know, it, it was old. So, I mean, okay. and I know you're, young, I know you're younger than I, I know you're younger than I am, but we, we were on, you know, we were on that show. And so, okay. so okay. was this gentleman and, and um, local news, you know, uh, type, you know, type uh, talk show. Anyway, I don't dig speed this up. So being on there and we would show up week after week for these mentorships with him. Um, I was losing weight. I think at that time I lost like 65, 70 pounds. Right. Um, I mean, I was just on top of the world. And what was and the you guys doing? He was creating a meal plan for you or what he was, was telling us the types of foods to eat, um, creating, you know, a type of meal plan for us. Um, trying to incorporate, you know, some exercise. We were exercising, doing things. We were being active, um, you know, when we would show up for these, you know, weekly things. Then as we started to continue to go, as months went on, he wasn't showing up and everyone was asking, you know, where he was at. Uh, 
So he stopped showing up. Reason being is he got offered book deals. He got offered to be on radio shows. He was traveling. He came up with his own 39.95 weight loss program that was being advertised in newspapers and everything. Um, he gave, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he, he gave up on all of us to find his, you know, rags to riches story, you know, gotcha. mm-hmm. that, that type of um, it ruined me. It wrecked me. Even to this day, I still have some, you know, angst about it, whatever you want to say. Um, but I, I've wrote the, I forgive type thing. But when I seen extreme makeover to bring it back into that, I saw Chris Powell as being that, um, that individual again, that, you know, this is who this, this can be that person again. And, 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 you know, drive it home, take it home for me. So what was that process of getting on the show? So excruciating, man, you had to go through so many things, so much paperwork. I was me and David were kind of touching on this before we went live. Um, you know, you, you had to go see your doctor and fill out this paperwork. And I mean, and they would ask for these things and you had to, you had to respond back so quickly yeah. to this information. Um, go see your doctor. Okay. Well now, you know, you might be, you know, there's a possibility that you might be paired up in a room with a, a female and not a male. I mean, some weird, so then I had to fill out this form of like, you know, if you have a canker sore, you have to announce that you have a canker sore. You know, if you, you know, herpes testing, that type of thing, just for them to take like, you know, all these precautions, and I, I get it for TV, whatever, they have to CYA themselves. Um, but I mean, and then you would submit this documentation, then you'd be put on this, I would say, like waiting watch where you're, you're, no one's calling you, so to speak, or whatever. You're watching your email every day, every hour, hit and refresh, hit and refresh, hit and refresh, waiting for the stuff to come back. And then you'd get an email back, Josh, you're moving on to the next round. We need this and this from you. Okay. You fill all that information out. You send it back. Wait a week. Just man, you're moving on again. We love you so much. Blah, 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 blah. Well, it went so far up until like the semifinals right before that they got to the point to where this was for, would have been for season two and flying you out to California to basically go through, you know, like the interview process to actually, you know, then be on be, the show, be on the show. Um, well, didn't get a phone call. Didn't get anything, What you would think when they're going to tell someone's going to tell you, we're not moving you on or bringing you, Everything is done through email. It makes, I mean, it was such a mess. So just, it, it really put me through a whole big, I mean, it really tore me up. So they sent this email and they basically said at that point in time for the show, uh, there's, they, they said due to logistics, it's easier for Chris to travel to this other airport where these two twins that were being on the show here in the state of Michigan were right, right there in that area. And it was a commercial airport that he could fly into as opposed to coming to Detroit and then taking an hour drive from Detroit to come, you know, see me or whatever. Right. Uh, so uh, we're sorry, Jess, what we're going to have to pass on you. And this was all in an email. Uh, really. So you never met with anybody ever. No, it was all through all, all through email, man, all through email. Hmm all through email. And then it was, you know, send this information to our lawyers. The lawyers got to look it over. They'll get back to you. Lawyers got back to me. Jess, everything's great. We're moving you on. I mean, you know, questionnaire after questionnaire. I mean, you know, what your blood type is, you know, what accounts do you have? Do you have any of, you know, this type of, have you ever, I mean, I mean, they, 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 and you have to provide all this information and they want it so quickly. That's the thing. You've mm-hmm. got to get it back to us, man. We're we're moving so fast. You got to get it back to us. Hmm. Yeah. So then, how was that? How was that after you um, after you got that last email? Like, hey, we're not taking you because of logistical reasons. What was your gut response afterwards? I was pissed, man. I I was pissed. I, I took it the wrong way, to be honest with you. Dude. I mean, I put them on blast about it. You know, I did, man. I went to the internet. I posted my story, not necessarily like mfing them or anything like that. You know, but I at least told and shared my experience of the whole thing from soup to nuts, basically, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, what took place and that, and I had labeled it, you know, the harsh reality of extreme, of, you know, extreme, you know, extreme weight loss in reality TV, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's not all like, you know, 
you know, sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was tough, man, but TV is a lot of hurry up and wait, hurry up, hurry up. You need this to wait. 100%. And I think, you know, I kind of look at it as it, it just wasn't my path. My path mm-hmm. is right. not to be, you know, on to do it on TV or whatever. It's to do it like me, you know, and, and with the help of, you know, and that's why like ALG and those types of things. And, and, and like, to me, I think I feed more off of the community in that sense than I would if, because, okay, I'm on TV. I can't reach anybody through the screen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the limelight's dangerous because you sit there and you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And it's, it's so like, you see all these accounts that even on social media, for example, like they start their TikTok or their Instagram of here's my weight loss story. And it goes viral. And it's like, I'm 540 pounds and here's my story. And they go viral. And now they're so ingrained into, oh my gosh, I'm in the limelight. I'm in the limelight. Yeah. Yeah. And why they're viral. And then the two issues happens. Number one, if their account starts to dwindle, they dwindle motivation for continually going. Or number two is they're so ingrained in this like obesity transformation in its entirety that it's, it becomes who they are. And now they're always stressed out because they think that's who they need to be for the rest of their lives. And it's just both, both accounts, the limelight is so dangerous as a motivator for like extreme weight loss because it just is, it's so easy for it to get away from you. I get, I'm more fat. I always love the stories of like people you've never heard of that. It's like some woman who's a secretary who was like a whatever and just did it because she just felt like it. Right. Like that's, that's what's so much, because that's what's so much more sustainable. It had nothing to do with, I need to feel significance in front of everybody. Right. And I did. And I think, you know, uh, I know I, at first, like, you know, I, I wanted it for, I wanted to be connected with Chris Powell is what I really, you know, like that was, I was looking for that replacement of what had happened to me when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then as that drummed up, you know, I was, you know, and as this is going on, you know, I, I had that moment in my weight loss period, you know, period where um, losing, losing weight for all the wrong reasons, mm-hmm. losing weight to, and it's funny now and this time around, because back then, like, I, I, I wanted that limelight. I wanted that, you know, I, this, it was just, I mean, I was building up like a, this facade type. I mean, it, it just, it, I, to think about it now, like it really makes me mad that those were the things and those were some of the reasons behind me wanting what I So wanted. you were losing weight for clout, basically. Um, the, previously, yeah. But previously, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, yeah. not now, not now. Yeah. I'm not saying that now. And the difference is now, when I stepped back and wasn't, like I wasn't contacting brands saying, hey, let me, you know, let me be a part of your brand and let me help you out, blah, 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 blah. Now this, now there's this weird thing going on with me now, because even like, you know, um, you know, I, I, I have another, you know, uh, besides my weight loss, you know, Instagram, I also have another Instagram. One of my passions is, is, you know, golf and that right. is, I love it. <laughs> yeah. And so I have that as well, but now, now I don't know how to react because now there are companies, you know, coming to me now and I'm not that big. I'm not that huge or anything like that. And, you know, and, and I don't want any of this to like, you know, get to my head or whatever. And, but it's just weird now because now I'm telling companies, no, I don't believe in what you're wanting me to do. And they're coming to me and, 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 you know, no, I don't like having to say no, where I think, you know, three, four years ago, I would have been any significance boost, right? Yeah, yeah. Anything that would have been, you know, and like, you know, and I look at weight loss tea, I'm in, <laughs> but I look at it now. It's like, even with the two or three things that I have right now, it's so hard to even juggle and keep up with right. all of that. How, how would I have done, you know, just taking on any and everything just because I thought that I, that I could, because mm-hmm. I wanted, if I'm connected with this, I just, I thought it was going to get me somewhere and that's what I wanted you know, and just, um, it really, really, really makes me mad now because now I just, it, instead of, instead of doing it for that type of reason, I, I, you know, it's like, 
my motto and one of my biggest quotes is, you know, stop making life your excuse, make life your reason. And I truly want to like 100% put all of my belief in that because I've, I've, I've said it and it's, it's saying it and believing it at the same time. Life gets in the way for all of us. Life is always going to be there until the time that we are, you know, mm-hmm. are gone. And there's going to be situations. There's going to be things that happen. Do not let it derail you. That's what it did for me in the past is I would let life, I would let a life event happen and totally screw with my head. And it would lead me to having a binge fast of just eating anything and everything that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Since 1130, you know, of 2020 and doing this and doing keto, I've not done any of those types of things. I have such a totally different mindset. I think when you have that different mindset, I kind of look at like, you know, trying to get your financial or getting, getting your house in order. You know what I mean? If that's the, 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 the way that I want to say right, it, of course. and, and that spreads across everything is like knowing your priorities and what, and what you really want. I want so much more than this clout or whatever, but I want to have, I want, I also want to have fun with my life. So mm-hmm. now I went this direction of like reaching out and saying, I, instead of, instead of me just wanting to be like this, uh, you know, a famous person for losing all this weight. No. Now what I want to do is I want to help other people that are these just other justices that are out there that may not have a voice, may not know. So I started looking at and reaching out, you know, I grateful that I found, you know, found you guys. I found ALG, AL guys. I look forward to like getting home, you know, and, and being at, you know, at 830 and jumping on that call every I appreciate week. That. Thank and you. I haven't missed one since, you know, I went, came to the first one. But guys, I, I look forward to it. I love it. What you guys are doing is in completely incredible. I've touched so many people. So many people have connected with me and that's, that's what I want now. I just want to connect with people. So I love it. what, what is next for yeah, Justin? That's exactly where I was going yeah. with it. <laughs> So because now, now you now you figured out what it is. You yeah, really what's want. the process? What are you doing? What do you want now? Yeah, you know, um, as far as it's a hard question to really like I. I have goals, I have non-scale type victory goals, but the overall type thing is, you know, I'm not looking, you know, like writing a, a book or anything like that, but right. I think it ties into the whole thing of like what I was saying with this gentleman and how he, I feel, you know, like abandoned us. I really would like to get to that point to where I'm comfortable with the amount of weight that I lost, where I feel that I can speak. I mean, I feel like I can speak about it now because 200 pounds is nothing to like, you know, sneeze at. That's That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge, but getting to a point where I, I, I would like to speak in front of kids and teach it just not teach them what to eat and whatever, but give them motivation. Yeah. Give them, give them, well, motivation comes with action. You can't, you know, that's how I believe in that. You know, you, you, you can't have motive. You can't have motivation unless you take action. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and that's what I want to do is I want to take action. I want to give back to kids that, um, that, that, that struggle with their weight, you know, and explain to them that, you know, they're, you know, um, they don't have to, uh, doesn't have to be that way. And I want to come up with a formula that I truly believe in that, explains the message in terms that spreads across like you know young kids you can Mm -hmm. explain it in so many different ways but that's that's what i've been you know been working on is what would i have liked to have heard when i was you know eight nine ten eleven twelve you know into Mm -hmm. that cusp of of elementary going into junior high you know middle school what would what what would have what would have helped me that I can help other, you know, yeah, not get into the situation in the first place. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just like, it's, I mean, 
yeah, it's like trying to, it's, it's like me within medicine, which was like, I decided not becoming a doctor because doctors deal with the illness. Right. And it's like, how can we do things that to prevent you don't get the illness in the first place? Like that, like what, like, yeah, type two diabetes, we can help with this and this and this, but what can we do in a lifestyle standpoint, 10 years ahead of time, since the age of 12, that it's not even an option. It's right. not even a, you don't have to worry about it. The difference um, is not to cut you off. I no, you're good. Is like, you know, my, my kids now, you know, my wife, whatever, we take them to the doctors and they see their doctor and their doctor, it's kind of leading to like what you were saying their doctor has never experienced or has even their own child that's overweight or whatever, but yet they, and I get it, they're a doctor. So, but they want to try to explain to a kid, eat your vegetables. Oh, and then they want to say, well, right. you know, you just got to take those, you know, things out of the house and, you know, then they will never be able to eat. Them. I mean, it's like, like listening to this, like they make it everyone in, they make it sound so much easier than what the experience really, right. really is. So that's why when I say it is, is really coming up with that. If only I would have heard it this way when I was younger, it would have resonated and, and I would be in a much, you know, different place. I can tell you, no, I totally get that. No, I see that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Jess, I appreciate you being on today. Um, and I think that your story is definitely one that will motivate a lot of people because you've definitely hit this from a lot of different avenues. You've come in a lot of different directions. Um, and I think now is really where you're really finding your place. You know, would you, would you kind of agree on that? I, I 100% agree. So I 100% agree. before we wrap this up today, I do have a couple of questions to ask you. Uh, you let me know when you're ready for those questions. He's not ready. He's, he's not, not ready. He doesn't seem like he's ready. So that's why I'm just like, you ready, Jess? I'm ready, man. All right, bring, cool. Bring him on. Let's awesome. go. So if you could go back in time and talk to your former self, if you could talk to yourself, the one that was so ready to be mentored by this, by this super local famous guy who lost all this weight, if you could talk to that kid who has no idea what's going to come next, what would you say to him? I, I, w- I would tell me back then that as much as I think it's not going to be okay and that nothing will ever change, that you believing in yourself is everything. Believing in yourself. Don't believe in anything else being the element that is going to fix and take care of it for you. The only person that can do it is you so believe in yourself i love that and jess if you could offer three solid pieces of advice for those listening it doesn't have to be weight one has related. to be about golf swings okay one has to be about golf swings uh three things just six six solid piece of life. advice anything, life, anything. That's, why said, that's why i said one has to involve a golf swing one has to include uh <laughs> If, uh, if you're coming over the top on your golf swing, it's okay. Cause the, the, if you know how to, if you know how to use your hips, right. You'll, you'll even yourself out. There you okay. Go. It's okay to come uh, over the top. As long as you get your hips through, I respect that. Uh, it's, obviously I said that cause it's a problem that I deal with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two, um, just, Whatever you're doing in your life, weight loss, what something, whatever it is that you, an accomplishment that you're trying to do, just start somewhere. Uh, I think a lot of us tend to put a lot of research in things. And when you do that and you just go full hardcore of the research, the research will scare you Mm -hmm. and it will make you kind of move away because you will get into a funk of, there's no way that I can accomplish that. Look how much mm-hmm. I, you know, work I got to do to do this. Aim, 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 aim. Never pull the trigger. Yeah, 100%. So just start, just start, whatever it may be, whether that's weight loss, financial goals, you know, cleaning up a closet. I mean, just start it. Don't right. keep on opening the door and looking at it and saying, 
well, tomorrow's wait, a great day. You know, wait till tomorrow. Wait till tomorrow. You know. Um, and lastly, and third, um, I mean, as, as cliche as it may be, just you know, be kind to people. You know. No, that's what that one's really important. It's it's free. Yeah. Kind of absolutely. It's, it's something. It's something John needs to hear more often. Um, yeah. Okay. Just yeah. Damn New Yorkers. <laughs> just, just don't know how to be kind out here. You, when you can do that, and we can do that in this world, mm-hmm. and everyone can follow suit with that, things things will be very different, and I truly believe that. So I actually have a bonus question for you, just just because I'm very very intrigued to hear what your answer may be. Um, I know, as we've discussed throughout this whole entire episode, you have gone, you know, you, you have attacked this from a, from a bunch of different ways, right? Do you have any regret, any regrets up to this point? Or would you, if you could replay this out, would you do it the exact same way? Um, I, yes, I would do it the exact same way. However, I, and I, this is another clue. I mean, I know everyone would no. say this too. I would have done things instead of the whole researching, putting things off. It's the whole uh, mon- Monday thing. Right. I'll do it Monday. I'll do it Monday. Uh, when is my Monday going to come? I would have pushed my Monday up so much further than, than when I did. I like that. I think that that's a really good place to end this podcast off. Jess, where can we find you? I know that you have a bunch of different projects going on. So where can we find each and everything that you're doing? Yeah. Where I'm most active, just reach out to me, please, please. I love connecting, you know, um, please reach out to me on Instagram. You can find me at Ruin Y Keto Guy, R-N-Y, you know, Keto Guy. Um, I do have a YouTube. Um, it's very, you know, very small, but if you want to see, I have some videos on there that kind of, I mean, I even, my wife and my own, uh, I did some, like a little small documentary on our process with our our weight loss surgery days. So, um, nice. those are on there. So if you guys cool. just want to kind of get a feel for that, please reach out to me and connect with me. Let me know you found me through here. So I know, and, uh, you know, I would love to, you know, follow you back and, and build, build a, you know, a relationship. I really, I, I, I think connecting is everything, man. So support is everything. Support is key in any, endeavor that someone's trying to to take on especially in uh weight loss hell yeah i mean we're all in this journey together as cliche as that may sound jess i really appreciate you taking some time out and being here today um i love your journey i love your story and i really do feel like it's going to inspire some people uh really quick for everyone listening thank you for tuning in and thank you for listening please leave a five-star rate and review and You can find the Accountable Life Journal on Amazon.com now. Links in the bio. Yep, what he said. And David, I think I think that's it. Right? I think we're good. We're good. All right. So on that note, stay beautiful, stay sexy, stay accountable. Toodles. Bye bye. Bye bye.